Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening whenever you happen to be listening to this podcast. This is the Jayhawker Talker Podcast, a podcast affiliated with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. My name is Mark Van Sickle. Before we get rolling with today's episode, don't forget to download, subscribe, give it a five-star rating, tell five friends who like the Jayhawks about this podcast, and we'll keep this thing rolling for as long as you guys want. And speaking of keeping this thing rolling as long as you guys want, I just have to say a big thank you to all the listeners of the Jayhawker Talker podcast. This is the 90th episode of the Jayhawker Talker podcast, so I appreciate all of you guys for listening, uh, for interacting with me on Twitter, X, whatever you want to call it, uh, and for giving me feedback, what you guys want to hear, what you guys don't want to hear. I appreciate that. A big shout-out to Pete and the whole team over there at Heartland College Sports for helping push the podcast and everything else that goes along with that over there. So I just wanted to say a quick shout-out to everybody uh, at Heartland, Pete, and then also you listeners for being the best listeners out there, all of you Jayhawker Talker fans, really appreciate you guys. So let's get into it. Let's get into the heart of the matter this week. As you all know, it is basketball season. We are deep into conference play at this point. You've got the Jayhawks. Well, let's just let's just get into it. It's it, it was a rough couple of weeks if you look at the overall picture of things. It's not that bad, but. You had KU losing on the road at UCF. We did the quick, immediate reaction show right after that. Recorded the podcast that same night they lost to UCF on the road. Their first loss of the Big 12 season. Then they bounce back, beating a top 10 team in Oklahoma. That game was at home. They go on the road. Oklahoma State, they dominate from start to finish. Never, never. Uh, they led the entire way. They were never behind in that game. And you're feeling all right. You're feeling really good about what's going on with the Kansas Jayhawks. You're thinking, all right, that loss at UCF was just a blip on the radar. That's not who these Kansas Jayhawks are. They're not going to go out on the road and embarrass themselves against one of the bottom feeders of the Big 12. They're not going to do that anymore, right? Right? Wrong. Sadly, sadly, I was wrong. I thought that they got that bad loss out of the way, and that was going to be it. I mean, they they play well at home, of course. They're the Jayhawks. They they rarely lose at home. But they go on the road. They dominate Oklahoma State. Then they had another road game right after that on Saturday, and it was at West Virginia. Yes, it's a tough place to play in Morgantown, West Virginia. But again, this year, West Virginia, not very good. One of the worst teams in the Big 12. 7-10 and 10 going into that game. That was their record going into that game against KU, 7-10. and 10. And you know what? Somehow, Kansas ends up looking like fools in that game. They can't rebound. They let West Virginia, who's a terrible three-point shooting team, one of the worst in the nation, ranked 311 in the nation in three-point shooting. Yeah, that's right, 311. There's not that many more teams in college basketball. They let them shoot lights out, especially in the first half. But it was embarrassing for the Jayhawks. Couldn't defend, couldn't get any rebounds. 
and then you let him make 12 three-pointers on you. Just an utter sad, embarrassing game for the Jayhawks. They end up losing 91-85 in that game. Hunter Dickinson ends up with 19 points, only five rebounds. That wasn't quite a season low for Hunter Dickinson, but five rebounds is low. He's averaging 10 rebounds a game. 19 points, that's all right. That's his season average. Kevin McCullough Jr., 24 points. That's a little bit above his average. They were fine on the offensive end. But then you look at the defense, they give up 91 points, 12 three-pointers, which is the most they'd given up all season, to a bad three-point shooting team in West Virginia. So how are they going to clean it up? How are the Jayhawks going to clean this mess up? Luckily, Monday night, big Monday, the primetime 8 o'clock matchup on ESPN. They've got Jay Billis in the house. There was thoughts that maybe... Travis, Kelsey, and Taylor Swift were going to be driving down K-10 to Lawrence, Kansas from their lovely Leewood home to watch Cincinnati take on Kansas because, as we all know by now, Travis Kelsey from Cincinnati or went to the University of Cincinnati. Taylor Swift now uh, obviously a fan of the Chiefs but going to be a fan of Cincinnati. But not only that, one of Taylor Swift's childhood best friends went to KU. So maybe she would have cheered for KU if she went there with Travis. But they end up not being able to go to the game. Travis is in the middle of a playoff run. It's fine. Not a big deal. But Kansas brings another home game to Allen Fieldhouse, to you, the fans out there in Lawrence. And they end up winning the game 74-69. They got out to a hot start. They got out to a hot start. 10-2 run to start the game. But then, just like it's happened all year, they let him climb back into the game before halftime. The game ends up being tied 35-35 at half. And then it's a struggle the second half all the way to the finish. KU ends up winning it 74-69. So they're back on track a little bit for now. KU now 16-3 on the season. They are currently ranked third in the Big 12 in the standings. Four and two. So the sky's not falling over there in Lawrence, Kansas. It's really not. But there was a couple concerning losses, UCF on the road at West Virginia. And it just goes to show that in the Big 12, you're going to come across some losses on the road. You're hoping that it's not going to be to those bottom feeders like UCF and West Virginia. That's the scary part for Kansas. The tough part of their schedule, as we've been talking about on the podcast the last month or so, the tough part for Kansas comes in February and March when they're going to be playing teams like Houston, ranked number four in the nation right now. Baylor twice on the schedule, ranked number 15 in the nation. They've got BYU, ranked number 21. They've got two games against Kansas State. They've got Texas. So... The tough part of the schedule comes up in February and March. You want to win the games in January, building up to those tougher games. Now, I know early in the season, you look at early in the season what Kansas did in the pre-conference play in the non-conference schedule. KU always does this. Bill Self, head coach over there at Kansas, does a great job of setting up the team for long-term success. So, They play a tough schedule in the non-conference slate. 
they get to beat teams like Kentucky, UConn, who just happens to be the number one team in the nation right now. They beat Kentucky, who's a top 10 team. They beat UConn, who's the number one t- ranked team in the nation. They Their one early season loss, their only loss in the non-conference slate was to a number four ranked Marquette. And they have these wins over these top 10 teams. They have three wins against top 10 teams. So it's not like KU is a bum squad or anything, but like we've been saying, all offseason, leading up to the season, in the non-conference, now in conference, KU has a thin roster. They had a lot of turnover. They had their four major contributors come back. They had Kevin McCullough Jr., K.J. Adams, Dewan Harris, and Hunter Dickinson, who came through the transfer portal, the number one transfer portal get for Bill Self. So those were the top four. Those are the four guys that were going to be your big contributors this year, and you needed a number five. Now, they had the the trio, Kevin McCullough Jr., K.J. Adams, and Dewan Harris. Those were the guys from last season that we knew we could count on, but... You look at Hunter Dickinson, comes in. You never know with a transfer. How's he going to fit in? Early in the season, he's fit in quite well. He really has. Averaging 20 points a game, 10 rebounds a game. And that's just that's just who Hunter Dickinson is. That's what we thought he would be going into the season. So it's good that he hasn't dropped off. He's been dealing with a little bit of a nagging knee injury lately. So in the game last night against Cincinnati... He probably had his worst game of the season, so maybe that's not the best talking point for Hunter Dickinson coming off of his worst game, but generally, he's not going to have a 10.6 rebound game. That's that's his worst game of the season, and he's going to get you typically the 20 points, the 10 rebounds, and that's going to be a Hunter Dickinson game, but for everybody else, you've got Kevin McCullough Jr. averaging 20 points. He's going to do that for you night in, night out play good defense. DeWan Harris is going to be the table setter, a guy averaging almost seven assists a game, had eight assists in that game last night against Cincinnati. K.J. Adams has been getting over 10 points a night, so that's good. But you needed that number five guy, and the number five guy has been the question mark all offseason, all non-conference, and now up until now, into the first part of conference play, it had still been a question mark. Originally, it was going to be between Elmarco Jackson, Nick Timberlake, and Artario Morris. Artario Morris got kicked off the team, so it was between Elmarco Jackson and Nick Timberlake. But then you forget about the guy from Melbourne, Australia. The guy that I like to call the Wizard of Oz. That's right. You look at it, you spell it like Australia, the Wizard of Oz. It goes great with Kansas. It does. Hashtag Wizard of Oz AUS. Look it up. You'll see I started the hashtag, and we're rolling with it. I don't know if I can get a trademark on that, but I started it, and we're going to see it all the way through to March Madness, however long we get Johnny Furphy, the freshman from Melbourne, Australia, because he has absolutely become a key member of this basketball team. In the summer, we didn't even know if he was going to be coming to Kansas. We talked about it on the podcast. We said Johnny Furphy would be a great fit for this 2023-2024 Kansas Jayhawks team. I talked about it right here on the Jayhawker Talker podcast. 
back in the summer before he even announced that he was coming to Kansas. Well, he announced he's coming to Kansas. We didn't know exactly how he was going to fit in with the Jayhawks at first. They wanted to bring him along slowly. They didn't want to throw him out there, throw him to the Wolves. They had Omarco Jackson and Nick Timberlake who'd been practicing with the team all summer. So naturally, Omarco Jackson, Nick Timberlake, those are the two guys. It ends up being Elmarco Jackson gets the nod as the fifth starter to begin the season. It never seemed like that spot was set in stone, but Elmarco Jackson won the job to start. He had his moments. Elmarco Jackson had his moments. Struggled a little bit through non-conference play. Got into foul trouble quite a bit. And it, it wasn't really clear how his role fit within this group of players. He seems like more of a guy that is a one-on-one, dribble-down-and-drive type of player. And that's just not what Bill Self does. So, Marco Jackson needs a little bit of time to acclimate into the Bill Self system. That's understandable. But after a few sluggish starts in conference play, Bill Self decided to make a change. And this is why I love Bill Self. He's not afraid to admit if he makes a mistake, maybe not even a mistake, but if he sees that something isn't going the way he had planned, he's not afraid to switch things up. He likes to have a set of rotational players. He has about eight guys that he likes to play consistently throughout the season. And you had El Marco Jackson as the fifth starter. You had Nick Timberlake coming off the bench. You had Johnny Furphy coming off the bench. And you had uh, Hunter Dick or Hunter Dickinson as the starter. But you have uh, Parker Brown, who's... Uh, brother of Christian Brown, former Kansas national champion, of course, now plays with the Denver Nuggets. Parker Brown is Hunter Dickinson's backup. So those are your your three guys that come off the bench. But Bill Self saw that uh, Marco Jackson was struggling, and he knew that there had to be a change. He couldn't let this go on throughout conference play. And after that loss to UCF on the road, After that terrible loss where they only scored 60 points, where they were leading by 18 points in the first half, and they couldn't finish it out against a bottom feeder Big 12 team, he saw they had to make a change. So what does he do when they come back to play Oklahoma at home against a top 10 team? All he does is insert Johnny Furphy into the starting lineup. Yes, Johnny Furphy the freshman from Melbourne, Australia, the Wizard of Oz, Johnny Furphy. He'd been a spark off the bench all season, typically averaging about eh, 14 minutes per game, adding about six points per game. So he showed some flashes of brilliance. In the second game of the season against Manhattan, he had 15 points in 20 minutes. So even from the very beginning of the season, you could see that Furphy could be a guy that could potentially jump in at some point. And Bill Self decided against Oklahoma, against a top 10 team at home, that was going to be the game when he went to Johnny Furphy as the starter. So he's typically been a guy off the bench, a guy that brings a lot of energy. You can see his teammates feeding off that energy. But Self rewards Furphy with his first start of the season against Oklahoma at home. And you love to see it. Because he comes out and has a great game against Oklahoma, against a top 10 team that's in your house at Allen Fieldhouse. Johnny Furphy comes out with seven points, 
three rebounds, and he gives you three steals as well. So not a great game necessarily in his first start, but you see the the minutes that he can give you. You see where Bill Self's hoping to go with this thing against Oklahoma when they win 78-66 against a top-10 team in the nation. And then against Oklahoma State, on the road, his first road game as a starter, you see the Wizard of Oz, Johnny Furphy, break out. You saw him break out with a 33-minute game. He had 33 minutes in that game. He goes 5-for-6 from the field, including 3-of-4 shooting from behind the arc. Finishes the game with 15 points and 7 rebounds. And a huge 90-66 to win on the road there against Oklahoma State. So, right there, you're seeing it already. You're seeing Johnny Furphy, kind of the slow build. He gets the start against Oklahoma, and then it kind of slowly builds from there. Slowly builds it from there. You're going to keep seeing that happen as the season goes along, and you see it again against West Virginia. Even though it was a loss to West Virginia, you see Johnny Furphy again coming out with 31 minutes, 13 points, 7 rebounds again, 3 assists in that game. He did get into foul trouble in that game, which is why he didn't play quite as many minutes. But Johnny Furphy, another guy who Bill Self can trust. And then they come back home. They come back home against Cincinnati on Big Monday with the lights shining bright, Jay Billis in the house with ESPN's crew. And what does Johnny Furphy do? What does the Wizard of Oz do in his first game back at home as a starter? Since they played a top 10 team in Oklahoma, what does Johnny Furphy do? 23 points, 11 rebounds, 7 of 8 shooting, again 3 for 4 from behind the arc. A season high, a career high, 23 points. A season high, a career high, 11 rebounds. His first double-double as a Kansas Jayhawk. 36 minutes, also a career high. And he leads the Kansas Jayhawks. He doesn't just play and start for the Kansas Jayhawks. He leads the Kansas Jayhawks to a win at home over Cincinnati. And while the team was struggling a little bit, They leaned on Johnny Furphy. A clutch three-pointer in the final two minutes of the game to basically end the game. KU wins at 74-69, but Johnny Furphy was the reason. He wasn't a reason. He was the reason why the Kansas Jayhawks beat Cincinnati on Big Monday. Hunter Dickinson, I said it earlier, was dealing with a little bit of a knee injury, only 10 points and six rebounds. Johnny Furphy... Picked up the slack. 23 points, 11 rebounds for Furphy. And something else, this is just a side note here, but something else that was really cool that I saw, Johnny Furphy's parents flew all the way from Melbourne, Australia to see Johnny Furphy, see their son Johnny Furphy play. They actually went to the West Virginia game, so they saw a game on the road, came back, saw the performance on Big Monday against Cincinnati. So, Furphy's parents saw his career day, 23 points, 11 rebounds, and I just thought that was really cool that they got to see him shine in such a big moment for the Kansas Jayhawks. This freshman, this true freshman from Melbourne, Australia, 
I, I don't know what else to say. Bill Self brought him along slowly, kind of slow played the whole thing up to conference play. Let him come in there at home against the top 10 team in Oklahoma, get his first start of the year. Go on the road, have a nice game and a huge win at Oklahoma State. Come back on the road at West Virginia. They don't get the win, but it wasn't Johnny Furphy's fault. He had plenty of points for him. He played the minutes. And then at home against Cincinnati, he has a career day with 23 points, 11 rebounds, 7 of 8 shooting from the field. Johnny Furphy, let me just say this. Let me just say this. Johnny Furphy reminds me. I, I, I said this back in the summer, so this isn't something I haven't already said. But for those of you just catching up to the Jayhawker Talker podcast, episode 90 today, I said that Johnny Furphy is the type of player who could become a Christian Brown. Christian Brown didn't start initially his freshman season, came along kind of like Bill Self is doing with John, uh, Johnny Furphy now, came along and ended up starting by the end of his freshman year. Ended up being a three-year player. Ended up being a first-round draft pick. Winning a national championship at Kansas. Not saying that Johnny Furphy is going to do all of these things, but I saw the type of game that Johnny Furphy has, and it translates to what type of player Christian Brown is as well. Similar height, similar weight, similar type of game. Same goes for our guy Grady Dick. When you insert a guy like Dick into the lineup as a freshman, you know, there's going to be some ups and downs with Dick. There is. But you see him hitting three-pointers. You see him going after loose balls. You see him getting rebounds. Johnny Furphy does the exact same thing. And you saw it on full display on Big Monday against Cincinnati, going after the loose balls, getting the rebounds, Career high eleven rebounds, getting the hitting the big three pointers, just like Grady Dick did last year. Getting a career high twenty three points. Now I don't know if we're gonna expect twenty points a game from Johnny Furphy from here on out, but like Dick, like Brown, there were some ups and downs. That's gonna happen with the freshman. But if you now have, which it looks like. They have their number five starter locked in now for the rest of the season. You have the starting five of K.J. Adams, Hunter Dickinson, Johnny Furphy, Kevin McCullough Jr., and Dewan Harris. That is a respectable top five. That is a top five team right there. Now, currently they're ranked number seven in the nation. They dropped because of that loss to West Virginia, but they're still a top ten team. They're 16-3 and three on the season. They are number three in the Big 12 right now. Only Texas Tech and Kansas State are ahead of KU right now in the Big 12 standings. That could change week by week. The Big 12 is the toughest basketball conference in America, and the standings will fluctuate. If Kansas stays right there at the top, which I expect, they're going to be right there for a number one seed in March. They're going to have their goal set out to win the conference. Get a number one seed, try to get back to the Final Four, win another national championship. That's always been the goal. And with K.J. Adams, Hunter Dickinson, Johnny Furphy, DeWan Harris Jr., and Kevin McCullough Jr., that is the case. Now, we can talk more about the depth if you want. It is a little bit concerning that they don't have the depth of years past. But if you can keep those guys healthy, if you can keep those guys out of foul trouble, this is going to be a team that can make a run 
deep into March. I firmly believe that. Okay, so hopefully you enjoyed that basketball talk. I know that's pretty much all we're going to be doing now through March. But as you well know, Kansas football still on the rise. They go from a two-win team to a six-win team to a nine-win team. They win the guaranteed rate bowl. They're flying high. And we have more assurances going forward for KU football that we knew was a possibility, of course. But I talked about it briefly on last week's podcast, but Lance Leipold announced he is staying at Kansas. Other programs are trying to poach him off, trying to get him in for interviews. They tried to get him at Washington. He denied them the job. He said, I'm staying at Kansas. I've got my guys coming back. I want to win a Big 12 title. So Lance Leipold not going anywhere. He's going to be at KU. He's going to be leading the charge next season. And you look at what KU has coming back. They've got all their receivers coming back. And just a couple of days ago, they announced their top 50 wide receivers in the nation in yards per reception this past season. KU had all three of their top wide receivers in the top 50. You had Quentin Skinner, Lawrence Arnold, and Luke Grimm all finishing in the top 50. Quentin Skinner finishes number eight with 20.24 yards per reception. You've got Lawrence Arnold, number 29, 17.7 yards per reception. And Luke Grimm, number 49 in the nation, 16.82 yards per reception. And all three of those guys going to be back next year with the Kansas Jayhawks with Jalen Daniels, the guy who was hurt all year, but everybody hoping that he rests up, gets healthy, comes back next year. He was the preseason Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year. Jalen Daniels back with these three wide receivers, and then not to mention, officially, Devin Neal, the real deal Devin Neal, announced he's coming back to KU. Right after the bowl game happened, there was rumors that he told the locker room that he told his coaches he was going to be back. Well, he officially announced this past week the real deal, Devin Neal, going to be back at Kansas, starting running back. This offense is once again going to be one of the most exciting offenses in college football. Devin Neal is now announced as one of the top five running backs to return in college football for the 2024 season. So you've got one of the top running backs in the nation, three of the top 50 wide receivers. Uh, You've got Jalen Daniels coming back at quarterback, could presumably again be a preseason Big 12 Offensive Player of the Year favorite. And then you've got Lance Leipold, who is number two on the list of the best coaching hires in the past five years. Lance Leipold, number two on that list. And you love to see what's going on with Kansas football because after so many down years, now they're back. Now they're ready to make that run at the Big 12 championship next year. And you love that all these guys are staying. They're not running out into the transfer portal trying to go to bigger schools, uh, more football schools, I put in quotes. But you've got basketball. You've got football. It's a good time to be a Kansas Jayhawk fan, no doubt about that. All right, that about does it for today's episode. You can always get at me on Twitter, at Talker. We'll keep the conversation going there. Download, subscribe, give this thing a five-star rating. My name is Mark Van Sickle. 
You've been listening to the Jayhawker Talker podcast in affiliation with the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. If you want to check out my latest article over there at heartlandcollegesports.com, wrote a nice one on Johnny Furphy, surprisingly enough. Yeah, Johnny Furphy gets the article this week. You can check that out over there at heartlandcollegesports.com. Till next time, rock chalk, Jayhawk.